forces are at the gate. And they're off! Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. And thank you so much for joining us for another edition of Winning Ponies. I'm John Engelhart. Well, tonight, uh, as our guest, uh, right out of the box, we have a first-time starter, only first time on this show. Bill Doolittle is his name. He's been around the Kentucky Derby uh, for years and years. He's quite the authority on it, and he has written an absolutely amazing book. If you've got a friend out there and you're scratching your head, what's something special I can get them for Christmas? I'm sure you've probably read other books about the Kentucky Derby, but you haven't seen anything like this because not only is it a beautiful coffee table sized book with outstanding photography and great writing, but it has a, a, an invention called Digital Discover where you can download uh, to your phone or your tablet uh, the uh, Digimark Discover app and on numerous pictures and races throughout the book. Uh, you just uh, hold your device over it and click, and all of a sudden you'll be listening to, let's say, a World Away's Kentucky Derby. Uh, quite an undertaking. Of course, uh, Bill, he, he owns a long association with the Kentucky Derby. Uh, he was the writer and historian for the exhibit design team that created the Kentucky Derby Museum. So this is a guy that knows his stuff. So he'll be our first guest. It'll be his first time on the show. And then we will have a war horse. That's right, Brian. Ryan Zipsy will be with us, the editor of Horse Racing Nation. We'll see what's new up on his page. And uh, Brian's going to help us handicap some races from the fairgrounds. It's kind of like the Breeders' Cup for Louisiana breads. The whole card is fantastic. We're going to try to whittle it down to four races. The headliner at the Louisiana Champions Day Classic is 150000 at a mile and an eighth. That's with the older horses. A very interesting juvenile race. They're only going six furlongs, 100000 up for grabs there. Then we've got the uh, Louisiana Ladies. They'll be going a mile and a sixteenth. And hopefully, if the weather's good down in New Orleans, we'll get on the turf for the Louisiana Champions Day turf. So Brian Zipsy will be joining us for the handicapping portion of the show hope everybody had a great week and uh, i know you did if you pulled down our easy win forms uh, we've got some um, interesting races uh, uh, at different tracks again the fairgrounds is where we're going to concentrate because you know that they're going to have many multiple wagers and and i love these state bred let's say breeders cup races because you really get to see horses that have raced against each other and that have probably a lot of them coming out of the same prep races. It's interesting that some of the ones that are coming out of the prep races going in uh, to Champions Day had excuses coming out of that race, and a couple of them had close call wins. So uh, there's uh, uh, no really clear-cut winners in most of the race. Of course, you know in racing there's never a clear-cut winner, even if you think there is one. All right, well, again, go to winningponies.com. Pull down your easy win forms. Uh, just this week, of course, I uh, had uh, 
uh, good winners uh, north of the border, uh, down in uh, Florida, of course, in the uh, Delta region. Give you some examples at Delta Downs. We had a 50 cent Super 5 key that returned $1,696. Our biggest payoff of the week was at Gulfstream, and it was a $1 Super 5 key that returned $3,600. Of course, we go to all the coast over at Golden Gate, a $1 super returned $1,770. And on the East Coast at Aqueduct, a $1 super paid over $1,600. Again, those are the easy win forms. You know where to go. Winning ponies.com. Well, again, we're going to be covering the races at the fairgrounds at Aqueduct this week. They do have the $125,000 Garland of Roses for three and up going six furlongs. And at Laurel, they've got uh, several stakes. Uh, the, the Maryland Juvenile Futurity, 100000 at seven furlongs. Also at 100000 at Laurel, the Willa on the move. And then we have the Maryland Juvenile Philly Championship. So the boys and girls, two-year-olds, will be going at Laurel. So pull down your easy win. They will help you. Okay, the big boy, the surprise horse, Airgate, he's back working. Uh, he had a uh, – he cruised just today through a four-furlong move and 48 flat at Santa Anita. Uh, Judmont Farms manager Garrett O'Rourke said that a start in the $12 million Pegasus World Cup is being given serious consideration. I would think for $12 million, you'd want to, and he's very lightly raced. So, uh, of course, it's going to be Bob Baffert's call because they say he's late blooming and he keeps he keeps growing. But they said that his uh, large stride, he just looked fantastic out on the track today. What's interesting is, is that Judmont doesn't currently own a spot in the gate for the Pegasus World Cup. Uh, but as you know, a lot of people trying to dodge California Chrome and Arrowgate, and there are spots up for sale. And uh, O'Rourke says that uh, they have been contacted by several people that have made the investment and hold a spot in the starting gate. So uh, Arrowgate's now won five of his six starts, including his record-setting victory in the historic Traverse Stakes. He's won over $4 million not bad for a horse that's only made six starts. Okay, for you uh, handicappers out there, I hope some of you get on the National Handicapping Championship Tour Bus because they've announced a $3 million bonus, largest ever offered in the handicapping world, with a new twist that they announced the winner of January's Daily Racing Forum NTRA National Handicapping Championship in Las Vegas will be eligible for a $3 million bonus if they go on to win the 217 Breeders' Cup Challenge at Del Mar. I'm sure they took out an insurance policy on that. If somebody does it, congratulations. I got news for you. We're going to be getting you on the show. So uh, right now, Joe Applebaum is uh, the king of the cappers. He's uh, earned 364000 and uh, first prize in the National Handicap Champions, 800000 meaning that if he got them both, he'd be worth more than $4.1 million. Now, interesting, the Graded Stakes Committee uh, did meet this week and two historic races, the Bluegrass at Keeneland and the Wood Memorial uh, at Aqueduct have been downgraded from grade one to grade two. Pretty much it's what have you done for me lately. They say it's uh, dumb on a numbers thing that uh, – 
they take the number of graded stakes winners that come out of those two races to determine whether or not the the grading will come down. I think uh, I think uh, you'll see both of these races at, at some time come back. Sometimes you just, as you know, um, get in a rut where the horses that come out of your races, uh, something happens and they don't go on to become uh, graded stakes winners. So uh, they right now, if you're looking at the landscape of graded stakes races in the U.S., uh, grade ones compromise 23.1 percent, grade twos 27.6, and grade three races 49.4%. Well, uh, just uh, pulled this uh, news down recently. Texas Red, winner of the 214 Breeders' Cup Juvenile, has been retired from racing. Of course, he was trained and co-owned by Keith DeSormo in partnership with Eric Brem, Wayne Detmar, Gene Voss, and Lee Michaels. You may recall he opened his three-year-old campaign with a runner-up finish in the San Vicente, and then he was knocked off the Triple Crown Trail with a foot abscess, but came back later that year to capture the Grade 2 Jim Dandy. Well, he finished fifth in the 2015 Traverse Stakes, and that was his final career start. After that, he was uh, plagued by a cannon bone bruise. So uh, he retires with three wins from nine starts, earnings of $1.7 million. Pretty good bargain buy. DeZormo's got a sharp eye. The Keeneland September yearling sale, $17,000. All right. Hats off and congratulations to a gentleman we've had on the show before. John Court wrote his four thousandth winner. Uh, John Court now is 56 years old and he was just coming back uh, from, from an injury. So uh, he's originally from Florida, began his career out in Colorado back in 1980. Of course, uh, John has won uh, numerous graded stakes races, uh, the Arkansas Derby on Arch, 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 uh, the uh, Japan Dirt Cup, Fleet Street Dancer, uh, Perfect Drift, and uh, uh, 2005 uh, Eclipse Award winning male Leroy Samayu, if I'm saying his name correctly. <laughs> and of course, uh, how about Will Take Charge? Uh, he wrote him too, and as much as Ride on Curlin was runner up in the 2014 Preakness. Congratulations uh, to John. Uh, they did draw fields uh, for the Los Ale Futurity coming up on Saturday. And gee, guess who's got another hot horse? Mastery undefeated will be coming into this race of course uh, this uh, uh, race uh, will be uh, broadcast from Los Al on Saturday so you might want to keep an eye on that might be a little bit later in the day he's a candy ride Colt who won his debut at Santa Anita and then just had a beautiful hand ride victory in the Bob Hope that was a grade three at Del Mar Bob Baffert always comes loaded. Only four horses are showing up to run against Mastery, who's listed at one to two in the morning line. Well, it's another Ortiz Jockey of the Week. After winning five races in a day at Aqueduct and winning two claiming crown victories at Aqueduct, it was Jose Ortiz who was named Jockey of the Week. Uh, he was just uh, amazing, had uh, uh, fantastic uh, uh, efforts throughout the week, won two claiming crown races, and uh, congratulations to him. Uh, 
Departing, you may recall this horse, a millionaire, multiple graded stakes winner. He's a gelding, but he is being retired to Claiborne Farm, where he was born and bred. They found out that he had a little bit of ankle trouble when they x-rayed his ankles last time out. And they said, you know, there's no sense in pushing him. He's done enough. I mean, multiple grade two winner. 27 starts, uh, retires with a 9-6-4 and four record and earnings of $1.9 million. They're not sure what they're going to do. They might make him into a riding pony. Well, we know what Catherine Sophie is going to do. She's going to be bred to Pioneer of the Nile. Uh, of course, this uh, multiple graded stakes win in Philly. Uh, race for Cash is King and John Service. Nine race career, six times, three graded stakes victories, earnings of $1.2 million. She was just recently sold for $1.4 million at the Phasic Tipton, Kentucky, November sale. Moving along here, we're going to get ready for the bottom of the card, and uh, we're going to uh, <clears throat> give you the information that uh, there's so many good races last week, I won't be able to get to all of them, so I'll just hit the headlines. It was Annals of Time who surged to a win in the Hollywood Derby, and uh, from there, it was uh, so many big races, we're looking at uh, Miss Temple City, what a race that was in the matriarch. Got up by a nose. That was a fantastic race. And then another nose victory, it was Highway Star who won the uh, go for wand. And uh, then Val Dory was very impressive in the Bayacoa handicap at Del Mar. Well, again, uh, we're coming uh, up to our first guest. It's Bill Doolittle, author of The Kentucky Derby. A pretty simple title, but an unbelievably complex and beautiful book. And after that, we'll be talking with Brian Zipsy. So thanks for tuning in to Winning Ponies. We're going to take a little bit of a break here. And when we come back, we'll be with Bill Doolittle. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form, the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com.
You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. And with me, coming up, a first-time starter on Winning Ponies, Bill Doolittle. As I told you, he uh, served as the writer and historian uh, for the exhibit design team that created the Kentucky Derby Museum. Uh, he did a stint as the on-track handicapper. I'm starting to find out a little bit more about Bill. I thought he was primarily a writer, but I see that he likes to go to a betting window uh, every uh, now and then. And uh, as a matter of fact, he uh, incorporated the help of some uh, gentlemen that that we've uh, had on this uh, show before, uh, outstanding writers such as uh, Jay Havday and uh, uh, Billy Reed helped pitch in. And, of course, uh, the photographers, I'm very good friends with uh, with many of them, and the, the, the visuals in this book are fantastic. Bill Doolittle, welcome to Winning Ponies. Well, thanks, John. It's great to be on. Well, it's it's great to have you. I'll, I'll tell you what. When I got my advance copy, I thought I'd get a, a tattered, uh, you know, papered cover book that says this book isn't finished, and if you see any mistakes, please contact the publisher. Instead, I've got this unbelievable, fantastic uh, coffee table book. But it's not just about. Uh, the, the the photography and a chronological uh, account of you know the the, uh, the the derby through through the years though you do do a fine job as a historian uh, taking us through uh, the run for the roses but as I told our audience uh, at at the top of the show you've taken this book uh, to a whole new level with the uh, experience of Digital Discover through the Digit Mark Discover. How did you come up with this idea, and how <laughs> difficult was it? I think it's going to change the way that we read books. Well, I do too, and I think, and I think it's just kind of a start. Uh, the Digimark Discover. It's from the Digimark company in Portland, Oregon, who does a lot of thing with things with uh, watermarking pictures and so photographs. For example. They have the unseen technology on a $100 bill so that it can go underneath a, a reader and you can't be counterfeited because it can't be seen. So that was the technology we started with. They had never, they'd done educational things and things for business, but they'd never done it with a book. And I've been, I'd, you know, I've been thinking for years that we could get video into a book. Somehow there had to be a technology. And this is the technology. And the, what's great about it is that the Kentucky Derby is one of those things that has great video. And, you know, over so many years, and, and uh, NBC was a, just cooperated completely, and Churchill and everybody. So we, we go way back and get uh, films of, uh, oh, you know, old newsreel footage. And we have the fighting finish from 1933 and... Uh, um, the ones this one that's particularly good is 1957 Kentucky Derby, and I know you know that race. That's Iron Liege and Sword Dance, and uh, you know it's 
Bold Ruler, I think, was in there yeah, too. Yeah, Bold Ruler. It? it was just it's just history. I actually have that racing form, believe it or not. Do you? Yes, in good. mint condition. I think that's well, going to be my retirement plan if I can get enough <laughs> uh, bidders <laughs> interested uh, on it. But uh, yeah, I, I I got it years ago off eBay, and I'm sure it's only increased in value. But I digress. That that was an amazing race, and people can not only see a still photo of it, they can go back and watch that race through your publication of the Kentucky Derby. Yes, that's what's right. And then and then modern stuff as well. So we have the 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 quality of video from um, the recent Kentucky Derbies, the NBC, just like you'd see on television in, in high definition. And the way this works, uh, John, is that the, uh, a message is embedded in the, in the photograph. It's similar to a QR code, only a little more advanced. And you, you, uh, all you do is download a Digimark app from, just if it's a free app from your app store, and then onto your cell phone and hold it over the photo, just about six or seven inches above it, and it kind of whirls around a little bit, and then, boom, it comes up, and it'll say, you know, like um, two, 2016 Kentucky Derby or 2015, or, you know, we have 20, I think 23 of those in the book. So it's kind of a cool thing. It's it's a very cool thing, and like I said, I mean, uh, you you do go back through the history of the race, but as as I as I cheat right now and turn to the the last page, a gorgeous picture of I was there, American Pharaoh galloping on the training track uh, at Keeneland. Yes, at, at Keeneland. So, how when did you start this book, and how blessed you know were what? you? It's it's interesting that you ask about that. Uh, because oh, I know that you get down to Keeneland and you're, uh, you know, they've got your, they got a picture of you up at the gate. Says, "Please let this guy and his money in." <laughs> and <laughs> that, but really, we we were finishing the book, and American Pharaoh was finishing his career, and that photograph ran in the Daily Racing Forum, and I called around and got we got we bought the picture and got it in the form, and it's. It's so different because it's fall at Keeneland, and you know yes. all those other photos of American photo Pharaoh. All you know, everything's really brilliant, green in the spring, and all that. This just looks different. It's the last and it's the end, of his career. You know, <laughs> I was there that morning. I recall it very well. Yeah, that was probably well, Barbara Livingston, who's one of my favorite photographers and a good friend of mine that goes way back. Is uh, uh, Skip Dickstein, who I know was part of your team too. Yes, and. Uh, Oh, we've got, you know, people who are very famous for their uh, racing photography, but also others. And, you know, Tony Leonard's in here. Um, oh, one of my best friends before he passed away. Yeah, he's just great. And uh, let's see. I'm trying to remember who. It's Susie Raisher. It's R-A-I-S-H-E-R, who's a new photographer. And that's actually her photo that ran in the, in the form. But you mentioned Barbara Livingston. She's she's in. I bet she has twenty photos in the book. You know, so it's that kind of thing. And what was really great is we had we had a nice budget and a, and great publishers. Uh, it's the uh, Shercliffe Publishing in Louisville and Carpe Diem Books in Portland, Oregon. And they're the people involved with them are friends of mine. And it was just 
they'll go out and get the best. And, you know, that never happens. <laughs> it just <laughs> never happens. Well, you, you, you were just uh, obviously blessed with that. But what, what, what I find so wonderful about this book is that you kind of go a little bit, go back and forth in time. It's not like it starts in the end 1800s and ends with American Fair outside of that photo. Uh, you continue to incorporate, you know, the, the history and, and, and the legends all the way throughout the book. And uh, it, it is just it's marvelous. It's so exciting. And, you know, for, for those of us that are easily distracted, you don't have to sit down. It's, it's far from dry. And uh, just kind of pick up a chapter if that's what, that's what you want to do. And, and, and just read about, you know, the cavalcade of stars. And, and then you have sideline of vignettes uh, written by Jay Havday and the likes of uh, Mike Smith. So uh, it's past, you know, that's present. That's a good one. That's a good one. That one about Mike Smith. I don't know yeah. if, you, if you've you obviously read it, but it's the story. It's the, it's not all about Mike Smith. It's the story of Mike Smith's Derby Day, the year he won with Giacomo, who paid a hundred dollars to win, and it's just that day. So that's you know I think people like that the little details that make a great big story. Oh, absolutely, and, and so many photos that uh, I'm sure you know people of different ages have never you know seen, uh, from some of your classic black and whites to modern day pictures of uh, Gary Day Steve, uh, Gary Stevens, Pat Day, and Chris McCarron chuckling it up on the back stretch. You can tell that's a pretty fresh photo because I know what these guys look like, and they look like that today. <laughs> they do. You know uh, what? One that's like that. There we have two photos. Of secretariat that well one's never been published it was a it's a black and white of him training before the derby in 1973 and as you know and your readers know and even people that weren't born when secretariat won know that when he came to the derby he had lost his last race and his mantle of invincibility had kind of gone away and this is a this is his last workout it's a black and white photo taken by a career journal photographer who was not assigned, but he, he sensed that something was happening out the track. So he took his own camera and went out that morning and shot a, a photo of Charlie Davis working Secretariat on the track. And, yeah. you know, it's, this, that hadn't been published since 1973. Perfectly so. framed by the twin spires, and then I see you, you, you flip the page, and there's a, a Tony Leonard photo with with with, with Eddie Sweat. Of course, uh, Tony is just so legendary. We've even had the uh, the gentleman on that uh, retains the uh, all of his negatives uh, right now, and Bobby Bobby Shiflett and his partners. Yeah, and over, one of my all time favorite photos. That's Yes, yes, uh, frames on Maine, and uh, that 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 photo of Seattle Slough at Three Chimneys. The way Tony caught the gleam in his eye is just sensational. So you know whether you want to read this book or just stare at it, I, you know this has got to be one of the best Christmas presents that any horse player or horse lover could give somebody. So uh, you know I, I I know I sound like a shill, but I mean I was I was just so excited. To, to get this because you know so many I, books I, I get tell are you just like it. <laughs> well I do I do uh, <laughs> both as a fan of the sport and I love it you know I'm looking down here here's a horse I photographed last month uh, twin spired 
uh, being uh-huh. led over. I, I do the work for the farm where he stands in, in southern Ohio, and I look up, and it was the story about the walkover. And, and, and Twin Spired happens to be features there. He's also, as you know, the house horse uh, when he's not breeding down at Churchill Downs. Yes, now he is. He was owned. One of the one of his owners is the publisher of this book, uh, Jim Shercliffe. So that's that's how, that's why he got in the book. Not because Jim <laughs> said so, but because I wanted to. You know. But well, the, I saw uh, his partner Harvey Diamonds in here too. They get sitting at the bar. Yeah, they are. Harvey's getting ready to drink another martini and pick, you know bet on another horse. <laughs> well, he sure, he sure did a good job in having a martini when he spotted the big hoss and uh, claimed that horse. He's probably won a million bucks with him and four graded stakes races since. They they have done real well with him. You know, um, I'm going to let you go whatever next question you want, but just to go back one, you mentioned there's a picture of Secretariat with Eddie Sweat. And that picture, that photograph by Tony Leonard is taken as Secretariat comes onto the track to run in the Belmont Stakes, the third jewel of Triple Crown. And that's the famous race that he, he won by so much and, you know, really made him the a horse for all time. And oh, this yeah. photo is 10 minutes before that. You know, don't you get, I guess it gives me kind of goosebumps to think about it. And you can see photo the people in the background that are all watching him on, and the the look on their faces, they're just like so excited. Really, you know, it almost looks like a modern day era with everybody with their iPhones up taking pictures. Because if you look in the background, half of the people got a camera up to their eye because they, they the sense of greatness. They do. And that's Jerry Cook, the guy in the suit. Now, I'm sorry, readers can't see this, but that's Jerry Cook, the Sports Illustrated photographer who's right there in the background on the track. Yes. So, so yeah, it was fun, and it's it's a it is a good Christmas gift. The the neat one of the things is that we, one, Kathy Shercliffe is the uh, is the publisher, and she has got all these um, methods of she's up to date. So you can buy this book online, and it ships out the next day, and you get it like two days later. It's uh, just kyderbybook.com. Churchill. I wondered. I said. I said to the people at Churchill. I said, "Now, can we, we can get this website, KentuckyDerbyBook.com." But you know, do you have any objection to that? And they said, "No, no, go right ahead." So that was great. And uh, it's just KYDerbyBook.com. All right. Well, order online. You took, the, you took the last question out of my mouth, and that was, <laughs> "How do people get a hold of it?" And uh, uh, KYDerbyBook.com is is a pretty easy way to go. Well, my uh, my producer Aaron's telling me that uh, I've got to go uh, sell some product here before we get to Brian Zipsy. But Bill Doolittle, I just want my hat is off to you. You have just taken uh, book writing to a whole nother level, and uh, this is just sensational. And again, I'm telling our listeners here on Winning Ponies, if if you want either for yourself or for your best friend that's in racing, a fantastic book. It's the Kentucky Derby, written by Bill Doolittle. John, I'll see you at the track. Thanks for having me on. I look forward to it. I also look forward to talking with Brian Zipsy. He's going to be coming up with us right after this break. You're listening to Winning Ponies.
What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and with me, Brian Zipsy, who's... Uh kind of become a regular guest on the show because I really enjoy his commentary, his insights into racing, and I think uh, you'll enjoy his Zipsy at the Track. Uh, you go to horseracingnation.com. If you don't have that bookmarked, put it in your favorites right now. Brian, how are you, my friend? John, I'm doing great. It's always good to be back on the show. Well, uh, th- th- thanks for joining us, and uh, I just thought I'd, I'd pick your brain about a couple things. You know, my friends and I, we talk about different things in racing. Everybody's got a different opinion, which I think makes this one of the greatest sports on earth. Um, your uh, view at this moment, because none of us really know, of the Pegasus Cup. Yeah, John, the Pegasus Cup. I mean, it, it, it's it's uh, it's an undertaking. It's a uh, adventurous uh, plan by the Stronic Group down there at Gulfstream Park. Uh, it, people, they got people to invest. They got twelve investors. I guess they got more than twelve, but they capped it at twelve. Threw in a million dollars, and and they're they're basically saying, okay, we're going to run our horse, whoever our horse may be in this race that's, uh, that has a $12 million purse. They get to share a little bit of the profits from the day. There's some advantages to get the, uh, the first ask as far as next year's spot if they want to come back. But uh, for so many people to uh, put a million dollars in months and months ahead of time for this race, it's going to be late January. I, I was surprised how, how quickly it closed. And now it's getting really interesting because, as you know from the Breeders' Cup Classic, we had two horses kind of dominate the race. They look for the world to be the best two dirt horses in the world. I'm talking about California Chrome and Arrogate. They're both going to collect an Eclipse Award soon. It looks like we're going to see both of them back. California Chrome, I think, is, 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 is a surefire horse. And, and, of course, the California Chrome group, LLC, Perry Martin, and the TaylorMade group, they were one of the first ones to put their million dollars in. They knew they had Chrome, 
and they knew this was a great spot. It looks like it's going to be his career finale. He'll probably be a two-time horse of the year. But if Arrogate goes, that's the big question. If Arrogate goes, you got these two huge horses running in the $12 million race. How many other horses are going to want to enter? Because basically, John, as you, as you know, I think third place is a million dollars. And, and that's the entry fee. So it's exactly. going to be interesting to see. Yeah, Arrogate is not I'm a sure. sure thing. I was reading today where, you know, he had a nice 48 workout by himself and, uh, you know, that uh, Judmont, first of all, I was surprised that they didn't already have a spot reserved, uh, but I'm sure they'll be able to buy one. Um, but they were just saying, well, we're going to see. I mean, they weren't really committed that they were going to point to it, but uh, quite frankly, uh not that they need the money, but $12 million is something to run for. And again, if you could uh, twice defeat uh, a sensational horse like California Chrome, uh, that it's only going to increase his resume. Uh, it, it'll be interesting. Now, I'm sure you've read some of the debates online about people saying, hey, why don't we change the whole way the Pegasus is going and make this a match race? <laughs> What's your feeling about that? Uh, I, I, I don't know if we need to make it a match race. And, yeah, Arrogate, I, I think, I, I'm about 80% sure we'll see Arrogate in the race. So it may boil down to a match race, and then, and then you got the rest of the field going for third place probably. Never, never say sure because there are a lot of good horses out there, and California Chrome and Arrogate don't have their best day. Something could surprise us. But, no, I, I would much rather see at least a 8, 10, 12 horse field, even if even if some of the horses aren't uh, aren't up to snuff as far as the top two. But if you get horses like Connect or Melatonin or Gunrunner, uh, you know those are those are very good horses capable of uh, running a big race on their day. So nine furlongs at Gulfstream, I think, is a bit of, a bit of an equalizer too, John, as opposed to maybe the classic distance out at Santa Anita or somewhere else. Nine furlongs at Gulfstream, you know these horse, both of these horses have a lot of speed, so. Uh, you wonder if, if if a horse is going to be able to get out there. Nine furlongs at Gulfstream, you think a speed horse might have an advantage. But, uh, of course, these two horses seem to have it all, including some early speed. So they're the two. We hope to see Arrogate in there. But I, I got I to gotta wonder, as far as the business of the Pegasus Cup, if a lot of owners are out there aren't rooting that uh, Arrogate, they decide not to go. Maybe he's not 100% for this race in January. And then uh, it kind of opens the door for, for big second-place money and third-place money behind the likely winner, California Chrome, if there's no air gate. Uh, very good point. It'll be interesting. And I'm sure at this point in time, some of the people, that we've seen some horses all of a sudden become retired. That could have been potential competitors. Uh, that won't be in there. And so I've got to guess that some of these people that are holding shares, shall we say, are maybe shopping over in Europe to see if they can't get a star from there to try to come over. Well, I have a little inside information. I've, I've, had, I've had a few people contact me about helping them find horses. Uh, I'm really not at liberty to say too much along those lines, but yeah, it, it, it's, there's, there's a ton going on right now as far as uh, people with good horses being called and people with spots making calls. They're wheeling, dealing, they're talking about buying, they're talking about leasing horses, which is pretty un unheard of in our game. So it's a very interesting situation. Uh, I think we're going to hear about a horse for sure, at least one horse coming from Argentina, uh, uh, one of the stars of Argentina racing coming up to Gulfstream soon. So 
So it, it's going to be an interesting uh, month and a half lead up to the Pegasus Cup, and really no one knows what's going to happen. But uh, I, I think uh, I think the Stronic Group, Gulfstream Park, are getting their money's worth with this uh, this new thing. It's it's exciting. Well, uh, let's move on to, uh, to to some races. I know that you know how to handicap uh, a, a horse or two. Uh, and uh, we're going to go to to the fairgrounds. It's pretty much the Breeders' Cup uh, for uh, Louisiana breads, and I'm going to take the races out of order. I hope I don't throw you a curve because one of the races I found most interesting was the Louisiana Champions Day Juvenile, and uh, these are horses that uh, I wouldn't be surprised even though they're Louisiana brads, that uh, with the connections uh, of some of these horses, uh, like um, Dallas Stewart and, and Al Stahl, should they jump up and have a big race? I know it's only six furlongs. That way we wouldn't see some of these horses getting stretched out as the year goes on and maybe see a, a Triple Crown nomination. Now, looking at this race, I was sitting there today, and I made a case for there's nine horses. I'm going to guess probably seven of the nine. Um what I like about state-bred competition is uh, you do get to p- compare apples to apples, uh, but uh, you see the, the prep races for these races. Some of these horses uh, had had excuses in their last race. Runaway Ralph, uh, taken up at the half-mile pole, was uh, the second favorite in, in his race. 15-1, to 1, jock switch to Robbie Alvarado. Then you got Miguel Mena coming in on the Al Stahl horse that was pretty impressive for a two-year-old, uh, turning back nine foes and can claim a win over the fairground strip. It looks like the three strongest horses, though, maybe on the outside in uh, Storm and a Fleet uh, that uh, won, won the prep for this. Uh, Jack Snipes, who's a Apparently has beaten about half the horses uh, in this field uh, coming out of the Louisiana legacy. It was a $150,000 race, though, at Delta. And I think the horse to beat is going to be ridden by a guy we had on the show last week, Brian Hernandez. How about this? Dallas Stewart owned, bred, and trained by the name of Saints fan. Yeah, it's it's a it's a Dallas Stewart show, and of course we've gotten to know uh, Dallas Stewart very well the last several years with, with more than anything, John, his performances in the Kentucky Derby. He's brought a lot of nice horses to the Derby that have kind of been ignored a little bit, but they fire Derby Day. He's 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 big down in Fairgrounds. He wins uh, a lot of races every year in New Orleans, so it's no surprise to see him with some good stock down there. This for me, uh, you, you were talking about apples to apples. I'm going to go off and I'm going to go and, and, and join you on the orange because Saints fan is a horse that hasn't been running against state breads before. Uh, of the state breads, I actually think that the horse to beat is another Saints, and I'm talking about the five laughing Saints song. I think he's the speed of the speed. He really got into a speed duel last time, and uh, Storm and the Fleet ran by him late. I, I think he's the horse to catch. He picks up... Uh, the best rider in Louisiana, Florence Giroux, for the race. So Laughing Saint Song is the horse to beat, uh, horse to catch, and I think the best of the state breads, in my opinion. But Saints fan, the other Saints horse, is really the one I like. I saw his race at Churchill Downs. It was November 4. He had some trouble in there, and he really took over the race late. Looked really good doing it. Tail of a Cotty uh, out of a Sky Mesa mare. So he's, he's actually going from a maiden race 
to a uh, six-figure stakes race here, John, but I think the fact that that open race at Churchill Downs versus the Louisiana State Reds taking nothing away because they put put on a nice card of very good horses all around. But I think I think Saints fans is not moving up in class, even though he's going into the stakes race, uh, joining state breads this time. Really liked his first race a lot. I think uh, Brian Hernandez sitting on the outside, he can see things develop and unfold a little bit, and I think he's going to be awfully tough to beat. He's, uh, he's three to one on the morning line, but it, it, as you mentioned, it looks like a pretty wide open affair with a bunch of horses five to one or lower. Uh, in fact, the horse I mentioned, the speed horse, is five to one on the morning line, but there's a bunch of them. Jack Snipes obviously has to get that storm in a fleet. So hopefully we'll have some decent odds. I'm going Saint over Saint, but Saints fan, Dallas Stewart, I think this is a horse that we will see moving on down the Derby Trail a little bit. But I think this is a great spot for him to become a stakes winner in just his second lifetime start. Well, that's the we're talking with uh, Brian Zipsy of a Horse Racing Nation. Uh, of course, Saints fan is going to make a great storyline for the turf riders. And the fact that this horse was not only owned and trained by Dallas Stewart, but he bred the horse in Louisiana. So that, that's a look at the Louisiana Champions Day Juvenile. Aaron, my producer, says, John, we better take a break or they're not going to pay you next week. So we're going to take a little short break here and hopefully we can uh, see if I can't squeeze three more races in with Brian, you're listening to Winning Ponies. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. And with me from 
Horse Racing Nation, Brian Zipsy. You can uh, make sure you go to horseracingnation.com and uh, Zipsy at the track for the love of thoroughbred racing. He not only writes about it, he knows how to handicap it. Again, the fairgrounds, big day for Louisiana breads. Probably some great betting opportunities for you. Let's go to the big race of the day, Brian. Uh, The $150,000 Louisiana Champions Day Classic. Only got uh, six uh, Cajun breads coming into this race, but they're pretty evenly matched. You've got a nine to five shot, a two to one shot, and a five to two shot. So, uh, as you stated off air, maybe not a whole lot of chances to make money on this race, but a pretty evenly matched group nonetheless. So, uh, as you heard me mention, um, my eye is attracted to the favorite here, uh, Sunbeam, who's had a limited campaign. So I hope the trainer, uh, Ron uh, Fauchet, um has done a good job at laying him up. The horse was off since August, uh, came back uh, at uh, Delta Downs in the Gold Cup and, and won that one. He's, he's got a great rate ability, it looks like. And uh, Richie Aramea, who's uh, an outstanding jockey in that area, is still shopping for his first fairgrounds win, which is surprising to me. Uh, we've had his uh, uh, former agent, Rick Mocklin, on the show uh before he speaks highly of him so uh, sunbeam tagged as uh, the slight choice certainly loves the fairgrounds horse for course 10 starts seven victories a second and a third for earning earnings of 433,000 yeah john the the, the classic uh, might be a race that i'm looking at more on the fan side than the betting side but of course we have to handicap it just the same and Sunbeam, how can you look uh, past Sunbeam? I mean, he's, as you mentioned, 7 of 10 at fairgrounds, 16 of 26. Something amazing about this horse, he had, he had a physical issue. He was off for more than a year uh, going into uh, February of uh, this year, 2016, and it looks like he hasn't uh, dropped, a, dropped a step, John. He's 3 for 5 this year. He's coming off two nice wins in his last two, although, as you said, he had another gap there August to December. Or, or I'm sorry, August to October, uh, and now into December. But uh, he's he's won this race twice before. Uh, he's got good tactical speed. He just has a nose for the wire. Nine to five seems a little bit um, uh, cautious on the morning line there. I think he'll probably be closer to even money when they go off. If you're trying to beat Sunbeam, I'm not sure I recommend it, but if you're going to try to beat Sunbeam, the horse that I would look for uh, isn't going to be a whole lot higher, maybe a little bit higher than the third choice, five to two in the morning line, and that's the picket factor. And John, it's just the it's just the uh, pace makes the race factor. I'm sorry, Brian. Pick- you, 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 you're dropping out, Brian. Can you uh, repeat that, please? Yeah, John. I, I think the uh, I think the horse that might beat Sunbeam is is a pace for uh, a pace for race kind of factor. That's the picket factor number three. And, and this is a race with very little speed. So I think the picket factor is the horse that should lead this classic early. And uh, without any pressure early, I think the only one that's going to chase him or be close to him is the favorite, Sunbeam. So the picket factor, if you're going to try to beat Sunbeam, I think the picket factor on the lead, see if he can go wire to wire, would be the horse that could upset uh, Sunbeam's uh, attempt to win a third classic. 
Okay. Well, I know I'm asking you to put 10 pounds in a five-pound sack, so we'll, we'll move along. We're going to uh, turn the clock back uh, to the uh, the ladies, the Louisiana champion ladies, a mile and a 16th. And again, uh, the odds maker keeping the horses very, very close in here. Uh, you mentioned Florent Giroux, who uh, I believe this is his first meet down in the Crescent City. Uh, 16 mounts, he's already batting 20. 25%. Uh, he's it's, he's had a, a season that's unbelievable. And uh, this horse was trained by Tom Amos, uh, uh, Louisiana boy himself. And uh, I believe that several horses are coming out of that same race. Uh, the Sema. Uh, C- I'm in some bad light here. Uh, but you got Seaside Candy, Forest Lake, and Big World all coming out of the same race. Now, uh, Pacific Pink was the second favorite in there. He was bumped hard coming out of the gate. And then you've got Forest Lake, who was bumped at the break uh, inside and then three wide. But Seaside Candy, a uh, daughter of Twirling Candy, I love the candy ride line. Al Stahl, another Louisiana born bred kid, has got that one going to post. And uh, this is Cody Hernandez, is Brian's brother. And uh, believe it or not, Brian Hernandez Sr. is their valet in the jocks room. He retired from the saddle, and he's taking care of both of his boys at the fairgrounds jocks room now. That's a family affair. That's nice to hear. I see that a lot at the racetrack. Yeah, the ladies, John, looks looks like I was really looking for somebody that was coming out of a different race, but I, I couldn't get past the, the group that uh, you mentioned are all coming from the, the same race. They look like really the main participants in here. And again, I don't know what kind of big odds we're going to get in this one. Uh, I, of, of the four, I, I look for Florence Roux's horse, the one you mentioned first, uh, Amos and uh, Maggie Moss's horse. Uh, she looks like the class of the race to me. She, of course, uh, late last year won a graded stake in New York, attempted, and uh, we thought she had a big future. She's had some physical issues this year, but she's come back well. Uh, she was the clear favorite last time in the, uh, that group we're talking about, but she also really got wiped out at the start. Uh, she never really got into it and finished third. It was a nice win for Seaside Candy, so I don't want to talk anybody off of uh, Seaside Candy uh, possibly repeating this race. But I think Big World is the class of the race, and, and she should be able to turn the tables this time. Okay, well, uh, Aaron tells me I've got about two minutes left to close the show out. So uh, we try to uh, get a turf race in here, Louisiana Champions Day turf. I'll turn it over to you. Who you like in here? Uh, a lot of good campaigners in here, older campaigners. I'm talking about Ben Will. I'm talking about String King. And String King, John, has won this race three times. The deserving favorite, maybe the, I would say definitely the most likely winner is, is the old guy, String King. Another great record of uh, Louisiana bread. But I'm looking at a little odds here. Fort Pulaski's 5-1 uh, to one on the morning line. Last time he got uh, turf for the first time, he got beat by a length by the, the, the favorites in this race. I think if he improves a little bit, he's also picking up Florent Giroux. Very lightly raced, second time on turf, working well. I look for Fort Pulaski maybe. Maybe youth will be served in the turf, and he could become a real tiger on the Louisiana bread turf circuit starting, starting Saturday. 
All right. Well, Brian Zipsy from Horse Racing Nation, thanks so much uh, for joining us tonight. Thanks for your insight. I always enjoy when you make the show, my friend. I appreciate it, John. Hey, can I can I throw one plug in? I would love for your uh, listeners to to check us out on Horse Center. We do a weekly video show every week. You can catch us on YouTube, Horse Center uh, on the uh, HRN site. Really nice video show that we do just about every week and something I'm very proud of. All right. We're glad you got that out there. And Aaron's telling me I got to get out of here, too. want to thank Brian Zipsy. And I want to thank Bill Doolittle. And I'm not just touting you, folks. His book, The Kentucky Derby, is going to make the best Christmas present for anybody. So for Winning Ponies, I'm John Engelhart. Remember, when you go to the races, bet with your head, not over it. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network.